Well, it's funny seeing you here. You're <laughs> tuning in to drop the subject like you love us or something. Um, Ooh, you're you so want obsessed to marry with us. us. You want to kiss mm. us. You want to love us. It's uh, only Tuesday and we're just is. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? We're both sleep deprived and that's, I feel, a good place to start because I don't know about you, but I am starting to... <sighs> Something we're going to talk about a little bit later in the show is, is coronavirus making us all meaner people? And I think that we're just mm. on high alert. We're irritated a little bit more than usual. Last night, I was try- I, had- I did not sleep well last night. I was tossing and turning. It took me a long time to fall asleep. I kept waking up. And then, you know, when you're sleeping with another person, they twitch one way or get up to go to the bathroom. And you're like, thanks a lot. <laughs> Your being has now made me have to start over. And uh. so it was that kind of a night. But even the meditation, we, we listen to this meditation, we listen to a different meditation most nights, right? And we, we'll, mm-hmm. or we'll tell Alexa to like lull us to sleep with some meditation music. Right. And I am now getting annoyed with the people in the meditation. <laughs> that's how hot, that's how irritable I am. Oh, we're a little cranky these days, huh? Yeah. I mean, the guy was like ebbing and flowing letting go and letting go and i was like can you just stop i mean it, and he would stop for a little bit and then he would randomly come in like i'd almost be sleeping and then and then all of a sudden he'd be like ebbing and flowing and i was like damn you right so then i had to turn him off and just sit in silence then i was mad at the silence but you are also on not a lot of sleep because you turned in draft two of your dissertation you were up until three right i i hit the send button uh a little bit scared but i hit the send button at 2 47 a.m today Okay. Uh, and basically, like after the show yesterday, I sat down. I had some food. I sat down and I did not move until Chris put a plate of food in front of me at about seven thirty, and I stopped for half an hour. And then I went and sat back down, and I just kept going until two forty-seven a.m. I, I mean, it was like almost completely uninterrupted blocks of time. It was a little bit crazy. Um, and so, but it's funny. At 2.47, I hit send, and I was like, oh, my God, I have to go to bed. I'm so tired. So I go to bed, and Chris, to your story, Allie, listens, loves to listen to House Hunters to fall asleep. That's nice. I'm okay with House Hunters. Except I can't anymore with people and their damn open concepts and their damn <laughs> wanting to entertain and their damn, like, I don't like the color of the walls. It's just paint. Paint the walls. So I, I think I'm with you a little bit. I don't know if it's because I'm on like multiple weeks of sleep deprivation, but I I am so angry at people's home shopping process now and I'm that sure. they can wrap it all up in half an hour and they all they all say the same thing and now they're all starting to sound the same because it'll be like house hunters international and they're like oh we're in lisbon portugal or when we're like sao paulo brazil and i was like and they're like i want an open concept and you're right. like damn you I'm can't like, you be uh, different you sound like karen from wichita like how does everyone <laughs> saying open concept sound the same way and this is what i'm laying awake at 3 30 a.m thinking about and then but the second I mean, Chris will be out snoring dead to the world. I will go over and just like stop the HGTV on his iPad. Just like and turn he'll it wake off. Up? He wakes up. <gasps> no. Okay. But do you do you, so he makes a habit out of watching HGTV at every night. That's his like 
That's his meditation music that lulls it, it him to sleep. He, he That's needs, the gayest meditation music, it is the by gay, the way. Oh, my God. I mean, wow. I just yeah. think we could knock out this wall, and you're like, <laughs> And I was like, so I'm relaxing. like, oh. And it, I sometimes would be okay if it was like a different show on HGTV, but it's always House either House Hunters or House Hunters International. But I have gotten him to agree to, we compromise on the Calm app, which uh, I don't know if you guys have tried this yet. It can be very, there's some meditation ones on there, but there's also like really lovely people reading you stories like Lucy Liu reads. Yeah. Or like there was Matthew story. McConaughey doing it for a while. Yeah, Like it's so that I'm like, okay, Lucy Liu, lull me to sleep. And they're the most God awful, boring stories ever. Which is exactly what you want, right? You can't, you're not really paying attention. And you didn't know that Lucy Liu has this like super low register of her voice. It's awesome. Love it. I love Lucy Liu. And I, I have had this argument with my wife on several occasions of what to watch when we fall asleep. Cause now we do, now we do the meditation thing, mm-hmm. which is, is cool. And sometimes we have visual, like sometimes they're visual and then you're not paying attention. And then all of a sudden you're in some weird forest with a couch on it. And you're, and then there are like <laughs> birds and you're like, what's going on? And you're kind of like here. dipping in and out. And then he's like, and then you pick up the phone. I'm like a phone. Why is there a phone? So I kind of miss sometimes the, the linear storyline of the meditation, but we used to watch TV when we fell asleep and she would not, not allow any longer for me to watch the show I wanted to watch, which was Forensic Files because oh it would give her my. nightmares. But yeah. that guy's voice is so soothing. And I know he's saying awful, <laughs> awful things. <laughs> right. So he's like, so after the mysterious killer offed his eighth person. And yeah. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> you're like, ah, so, so cozy in bed. Yeah, there's just something about him being like the crime was solved with a rubber band, a tomato, and a jar of mayonnaise. Like, wow. <laughs> hey, that was pretty good. You kind of sound like him. You should add him to your repertoire, Ali. Oh my God, I couldn't do the guy justice. I wanted him to narrate my wedding. I'm like, this guy is the best narrator. And then they redid Forensic Files. They remounted it, and the guy's not freaking on it. I was like, why what? would you remount this show? And the guy is a totally, they were like, went a totally different direction. It's just some like nasally annoying guy. And I'm like, man, Uh, so, you know, narration does matter when, especially when it comes to crime shows, it is very crucial to me. Um, But what do you watch when you go to sleep? What lulls you to sleep? Especially if it's uh, maybe slightly weird or disturbing. We'd love to hear from you at DTS show on Twitter and on Instagram. We're going to talk about how COVID is making us all a-holes after this. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. If you're feeling a little saltier than usual lately, you can blame it on the COVID-19. That's correct. You can pretty much blame anything on COVID-19 at this point, or you can blame it on Hannah Brown from The Bachelorette. That's fine as well. I'm sorry. Was that me? Oh, hold on. I've got it. Do you? Uh I do. I actually spent some time this morning making sure that I have it at all times. (laughs) So we have it at all times. Hold on. Let me just close out of a few things. I should should go get Kyle's too. And we can just put Kyle's in the background. Well, no, he's no longer the king of the apology. So uh, this is the king. This is the new reigning champion. She is the bachelorette and she had the worst apology known to man. I did. I'm so sorry. That was. (laughs) I did. I'm so sorry. Yeah, Hannah, you ruined yesterday's show, which I didn't realize she threw Brooke under the bus in addition to Patrick. What? Did she really? Well, there was her friend, because if you listen to this. I'm so sorry. That wasn't you. That was um, Brooke. 
<laughs> oh, that was Brooke. <laughs> that wasn't you. That was, and then she's literally going, um, who's, don't say Brooke, don't say Brooke, don't say Brooke. Brooke. Oh, man. Oh, it probably was Brooke. I mean, I mean, if I feel like if coronavirus is making people cranky, it's also making people dumb and doing things like that. Like Brooke might be her best friend or her sister or who I don't know, whoever the Brooke is. But she's like, I'm throwing her under the bus either because I am not going down for this. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's what we're about to talk about is people are getting meaner it seems when it comes to this pandemic which is understandable but people are swearing at teenagers over ice cream we're screaming at our spouses we're shaming other people for not quarantining the way that we would quarantine you see someone at the beach and you got to shame them Uh, has covid turned all of us into a-holes and that is the question i believe it's true but of course there are a lot of stressors happening right now. I mean, financial stressors, job stressors, uh, people who are really social that are now having to stay home. If you're quarantining with somebody that you, uh, whether you're married to them or they're just a roommate, they're going to be getting on your nerves in ways that you, I mean, the way that my wife drinks water, I did not know that that was an annoying thing to me, but for some reason, the way that she gulps and how much she gulps at once is is an irritant the other the other day i was like can't he just walk any different just walk any other way just don't walk the way that you're walking and i was like james you can come on you've lived with this man for seven years now you you're now getting upset about the way he's walking no you're not you're just stressed like this is but i think it takes another i'm not saying i'm like super person or whatever i just think it takes a sort of another level of self-awareness for all of us to just be like okay this thing is pissing me off let me put it into context let me put it into context of like what is actually going on okay i've not been sleeping i'm gaining weight i'm worried about my job my friend is sick blah 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 i haven't seen anyone else besides this person i've been living with for you know two months in some people's cases so i think if i i would tend to agree i I don't feel like this virus is necessarily changing us as a species but i also don't i'm not super optimistic dally that this is going to resolve itself anytime soon like i feel like we're all just going to be at a different level of stress and it's going to take us all collectively a while to sort of make that our normal and then start acting normally nice again sure i mean it's going to take a while for to to undo the a-holery that we've become accustomed to or is there a rule around this where once you go a-hole you can never go bay back or (laughs) whatever back back hole hole or whatever it is (laughs) and now i'm mad at myself that i couldn't think of something better no (laughs) but when you get into the habit of being short or rude or whatever does that the longer this goes on as you're saying does that mean that it's just going to become ingrained in us as our new normal to be more a-holy i feel like part of this too is technology. Alexa has made us a little bit meaner. You don't have to say please and thank you with Alexa. You can yell at Alexa. You can Uh yell at Siri. You can yell at your computer. You can take all of your anger out on technology without technology really having a response. So that could perhaps be translating into our human interactions. And once we start making a habit of that, is is there a way to go back? I feel like, though, the technology could also be reining us in a little bit, however, because, you know, there's there's something about needing to be overly communicative when you're stressed. Like there's there's lots of uh, our our old therapists. We had a therapist once five or six years ago, and the therapist was like, 
you, James, you operate on a lot of, of courses. Like you just assume that Chris understands that, that he's a mind reader, that's that whole thing. And I'm like, well, why wouldn't someone not understand this? But I think Alexa and Siri, to your point, can teach us this because you have to be very, very clear with Alexa or mm-hmm. Siri, or she'll screw everything up, right? You'll be like, Alexa, order a pizza, and then all the lights in your house turn off. Like, you have to just be so, like, so explicitly cool. clear that I think it could that could also help teach us, right? If we we're super clear with the people in our lives, and then they understand us, it will actually help us be a lot less stressed. I agree with you, and I also think Alexa needs to grow a backbone. All right? Fight back, lady. Come on! I said fight back! Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Moving right along here on a Tuesday morning. This is Drop the Subject. I'm James, guest co-hosting with your Allie Johnson, who is feeling a little bit better today, but we are both a little bit sleep deprived. So I hope you are all all ready for a wacky kind of ride today. But we have a a segment that we do on the show called You're the Worst. Let me tell you first that you are the worst. All right. And today's theme is pizza. So y'all are going to help us decide. We're going to talk about this. We have three stories and you get to help us decide who is the worst of these three stories. And Allie has blessed me with the opportunity to start off because I, for a very long time, have talked about this individual being one of the worst. And now, I mean, lots of the world sort of knew this about this person, but now more and more people are learning it, even in spite of his documentary that's going on right now that paints him in a wonderful light. I am talking about none other than unarguably the greatest basketball player ever, ever, Michael Jordan, who just also happens to be one of the biggest jerks to ever play the game. And uh, right now, Michael Jordan, there's reports coming out about Michael Jordan reportedly spit on a pizza <laughs> so that none, none of his teammates or staff or trainers or anybody else would actually eat this pizza. Yeah, can you imagine that we're all super irritable and getting meaner when all these are the stories that are floating around that are making national headlines? But we need these things. We need someone to be mad at. And right now it's Michael Jordan for spitting on a pizza. And <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, I've not I know that my opinion on pizza can be a bit polarizing. I don't think it's the best food ever. But mm. uh, that being said, Spitting on a pizza, a crime against a pizza is a crime against all of us. Uh, It 100% is. Now, many of you will know, will sort of remember that this like legendary game, you know, Michael Jordan has all these legendary things, right? And one of them was this flu game. So game five of the 1997 NBA finals, they're playing the Utah Jazz. And apparently Michael Jordan has the flu, but he still manages to have like 30, I think it was 38 points and like 10 rebounds and eight assists, whatever. And he like wins the game. It's amazing. He's like, whoa, he's like such a hero. And... Be, he had the flu. So everyone's like, oh, he was throwing up all night. He was awake. He didn't sleep. He was like James and Allie. He didn't sleep all night and like whatever. But he ends up being a hero because he's Michael Jordan and he's like a god. Well, turns out that maybe he was poisoned. <laughs> so it wasn't actually the flu. It was possibly a tainted pizza that he had mysteriously delivered to him from individuals in Utah. That pizza showed up 
Michael Jordan thought that his teammates had already eaten and like had pizza and done whatever and not consulted him about this pizza. So he, this pizza that showed up, he was like, no one's touching that pizza. It's mine. So he spits all over it so that he can eat it later. No one obviously eats the pizza. He goes on to then eat the pizza the night before the game. And then the next day is his flu game and he doesn't feel well. And he was, it was documented. He was like throwing up in the bathroom. So was it the flu? Was it a hangover, which is another theory? Or was it, was this, it his own loogie pizza that his he ate? His own loogie pizza, yeah. I mean, the friend who spits on a pizza in front of all his other friends, that is definitely a good contender for you are the worst. But uh-huh. I think I can do you one better. Okay, bring it. You've heard of the pizza establishment that goes by the name of Chuck E. Cheese. Ah, yes. Delicious. All right. I went to a birthday party there about four years ago and felt like I wanted to throw up. And (laughs) it's a place that dreams go to... No, it's very fun for children, but you walk into a place like that and you're like, I can feel... Like that these carpets oh. have nev- not been cleaned in 20 years. Like it just, you feel sticky. Right. Of it's course. not a fun place. So, so that's obviously one of the places that's been doing, uh, you know, takeout only. It's not like all these kids can be running around in an arcade right now watching an animatronic band, but they are not getting a lot of, uh, Uh, customers because I don't think people necessarily I'm going out on a limb here but I don't think that people go to Chuck E. Cheese just for the food yeah oh you don't no I don't I know it's not a popular opinion Yeah. yeah but here's what they're doing they are duping people on Grubhub by changing the name of Chuck E. Cheese to Pasquale's. So that when people are looking for, to order a pizza, they see Pasquale's and they think it's like a cool oh local God. pizza shop. So they order their cheese pizza or whatever it is. And Pasquale's, by the way, is the name of the, the mouse mascot in the band. I believe. Oh, that's where they get that from. Okay, he's not like Mouskowitz or whatever. Like he's not like... Mortimer the mouse he's Pasquale Pasquale I guess so yeah which I I didn't remember he's an Italian American mouse (laughs) yes it's like the um, American tale right yeah like the immigrant mouse yeah oh it's the animatronic chef sorry Jesse the Chuck E. Cheese expert is correcting us here sorry it's the animatronic because all chefs are Italian anyway that's I mean they do serve pizza it makes sense uh, yes. Okay. So anyway, somebody, people are ordering from Pasquale's and then getting their pizzas delivered and then realizing on the box that it's <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese. Chuck e. Cheese. <laughs> and being duped into eating Chuck E. Cheese has got to be, I think, even worse than spitting on your own pizza in front of your friends. Ooh, it's controversial, but we have a third option for y'all to help us decide who is the worst pizza edition. But you're going to have to stay tuned. Drop the subject. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Ah, that's right. You're the worst. It is this, this t- the, uh, the time in the show where, oh my God, this is the first hour. Look at me. Um, where <laughs> That's all right. You're still a little under the weather. We'll forgive you for this one. You're not the worst. I'm doing, I'm doing okay. <laughs> I'm doing the best I can. Where we are presenting some stories that are all themed this week. They're all pizza related. 
And you have to decide who is the worst. We uh, James shared a story about Michael Jordan spitting on a pizza in front of his friends, saying, this is my pizza. You all ate without me. This is my pizza. Nobody take it. Hawk two. And then proceeded to eat said pizza and have one of the best games of his life the next day. But pretty a-holy to spit on a pizza. We also compared it with a story of Chuck E. Cheese renaming their restaurant Pasquale's on Grubhub so that they could do people <laughs> into ordering their pizzas. I don't know how angry I would be if I had taken the chance and ordered a pizza and tried a new place. I mean, you're trying a new place because you have never heard of Pasquale's. You're like, oh, what's that? Pasquale. I'll give it a try. And then... And I get, you know, eight points for supporting a local exactly, business, right? Exactly. So, for the quarantine yeah. scavenger hunt. You're right, James. And then you get your delivery and realize that you are about to go to town on a Chuck E. Cheese pizza and that's <laughs> your <laughs> night. So that's pretty a-holy too. There's one more story that we can compare this to. So there are three pizza stories. You decide who's the worst. This one has to do with an actual local pizza shop. A pizza shop owner has taken advantage of DoorDash and used their own fee structure to make a profit on his own pizzas. Oh, okay. Ta- do tell, tell me more. This is, this is very interesting. Okay, so guy owns a pizza shop, right, which is already living the dream. He realized that on DoorDash, you could buy like one of their big uh, specialty pizzas. Uh It was normally priced for $24. It was on Grubhub for $16 or DoorDash. Sorry, DoorDash for $16. Uh So he realized, well, DoorDash still has to pay me $24 for this pizza because that's how much it is on the menu. DoorDash, for some reason, didn't adjust the price, and you can get this pizza for $16 on DoorDash. So I'm just going to order a bunch of my own pizzas, pay $16 for each pizza, and DoorDash has to pay me $24 per pizza. (laughs) And then he offset the price, too, by not even making a specialty pizza. He just ordered 10 pizzas and put dough in a box and made the DoorDash (laughs) delivery drivers drop it off to one of his friends. Just like, oh, I was going to say, did a DoorDash guy just pick it up and then, like, drive around the corner to the back alley? (laughs) Right. And then just, just, like, deliver it in the alley? (laughs) He's like, why is the address only, like, you know, 1924 and 1924 and a half? I don't understand. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, that is, kind of, you know what? I think that's sort of brilliant though. In the, in the time of COVID, you gotta be creative. And in the time of, listen, I'm all for gig workers being able to work, which is what, you know, DoorDash and Grubhub and all those folks use gig workers. So I'm all for that, except these organizations aren't doing the things they need to protect their employees and, or their, their contractors. And they're, they're totally price gouging people like eight extra dollars for a pizza or whatever. Like, are you kidding me? That's crazy. But people, we've talked about this before on the show, people are paying this stuff because we feel like we want to help local businesses like your local Pasquale's. So you're <laughs> going to spend more money to do this. I, I'm sort of okay with this pizza shop guy being like, no, the money should come to me. I'm the local business. Well, I I agree with you. I don't think that this guy's name is Roy. I don't think that Roy is the worst out of the three stories um, that we've presented for You're the Worst today. But his quote was, was this a bit shady? Maybe. But F DoorDash. (laughs) (laughs) And I I don't think that restaurant owners are very happy with DoorDash right now. But the question is, which one is the worst? I'm I'm gonna say, for my opinion, 
Chuck E. Cheese. If you are being duped into Chuck eating Chuck E. Cheese pizzas, that is pretty a-holy. And I understand that they are trying to keep their own chain afloat. But unknowingly eating a Chuck E. Cheese pizza that probably has a hidden topping of children boogers all over it. No thank oh. you. Because they keep them in the back. They do. Right? They There's so the, many. Secret yeah. It is. <laughs> <laughs> they actually just they they cultivate it they they harvest it from the ball pit yeah like a sourdough there's, starter it just it like collapses all down to the bottom <laughs> and, and there's like a collecting tray wow. in the in the bottom ah. of the ball pit and then they just Ow, scrape all go, the child boogers up off i was gonna say michael jordan but now i think i'm with you Allie. it's pasquale's <laughs> And as you said, James, off the air, I have to bring it on the air. It is an animatronic mouse eat animatronic mouse world out there. Enough said. <laughs> Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. When it comes to the R word reopening, a lot of people get nervous. They're on edge. And there's a lot of questions as to what places are even still going to be open. Who can survive this, right? There's three months probably longer for some of being closed. And when we are reopening, you know, I, I feel like James, I see headlines every day that are like establishment that's been open for 75 years, finally closes the stores. It's so it's sad. It's terrible. Mm. And there is a nostalgic um, establishment that I, I fear for. When I read that J.C. Penney was filing for bankruptcy and closing twenty nine percent of their stores, I thought, oh. "What are malls going to do now?" And that is who I worry for. Of course, local places, yes, absolutely. Malls, I feel like, have been having a really tough time for many <laughs> years, and yeah, they really. Have. I don't know if they can survive this. People were already not going to malls. There was a sad orange Julius, a, an unattended Sbarro's pizza. I mean, people were just walking by Spencer's Gifts and going, "Oh, remember that?" and continuing to walk on Charlotte sure. Russe. I mean, there are so many stores and and places inside of the mall that. Have have not seen some action in quite a while. I think people probably only go there to get their iPhone screens fixed. Now that's pretty much it. Pretty, but pretty much because there's a, there's some usually an Apple store in a lot of malls, right? Or yeah. or, or uh, if not an Apple store, yes, there's this. We'll fix your your screen for thirteen dollars or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Or like we'll give you a massage for a dollar a minute. Or I'll like yeah. fly some weird drone contraption around you and be like, hey, you know, the kiosks were a whole different part of the mall culture that I think also it'll be tough for them to survive this. Now, I, I think that malls are going one way or another. Either they're going away completely and they're going to be replaced with, I don't know, a, another row of apartment buildings or what have you, uh -huh. or another Apple store. Um, or they are going bougie AF, as they would say. And <laughs> as the kids say. As, as they say. And the mall is just becoming a one-stop shop for everything that you need to pay way too much money for because, like, I, you know, the malls in my hometown in San Jose, they used to be those kind of quintessential mall rat 90s kind of scummy places yeah. to hang out and yeah. now it's like a tesla place a, an apple store uh you know givenchy all of the big <laughs> top name brands right like and then like a stuff. random jc pennies which is not going to be there anymore so Aww. what is going to happen to the future of the mall 
I so is JC Penney's closing because they had partnered with Ellen and now <laughs> and now they realize how Ellen's not the nicest person and they can't sustain that relationship anymore so they're like oh screw it we're going to close. They're like we have we had Ellen. She was in our <laughs> we, back pocket. And then it just it just all fell apart. No, I, I I really do. And listen, you you know you talked about like malls and supporting local businesses. I'll, most, not most, a lot of the retailers inside of malls were local businesses. And and even in sort of as malls changed, right? Like we kind of grew up in the like mall heydays, like 80s, 90s, early 2000s, like malls dominated. But even as malls sort of changed, lots of local businesses would then lease spaces, some of those empty spaces from the mall. So even not being able to go to malls is really hurting local businesses as well, not even just the big chain guys. Um, and I, I do think it's a really interesting conversation about Penny's is closing. You know, there's there's talk that very few of the big box department stores that were mall heavy, like Nordstrom's, Macy's, places like that, Lord and Taylor. Oh, Lord need, and Taylor, yeah. Needless markup, as some of the, the old girls would say, <laughs> um, what are going to really survive because of this. And... I, I do think it's it's really it's just another thing on the list of what is going to change about our our I got to say it our new normal, because even I'm you know, I think I'm maybe old enough that sometimes where I'm like, I need X, Y and Z. Well, I don't exactly know where to get it and I want it now. I don't want to wait for it tomorrow from Amazon. So I'll just drive over to the mall real quick. Because I know I can get a few different I, things there. I right? can find this and I need some new socks anyway. You know, like whatever, like we're sort of of that generation. And I, I feel like that that it's not going to maybe completely disappear, but it is going to be like, all right, if I drive to my local mall 10 minutes away, I'm going to need my mask. I'm going to probably have to like only be one of a few shoppers in the store. I'm probably not going to be able to sit down and eat in the food court. Or if I can, we're going to be at least six to 10 feet away from each other. Like, it's just going to be a very fundamentally different experience of just being able to like hang out at the mall all day like you used to. Well, now you just like go get your thing and like leave really fast. Right. You're just in and out where the, the culture of the mall was to hang out there. And I think it kind of was the internet before the internet, right? It was a one-stop shop for everything you needed. Where yeah. now you can kind of, hey, I can think of five different things that I need right now and I could click five different things and have them in my mailbox in a couple of days whereas the mall was that for the 80s 90s and 2000s where you're like wow I can get I don't have to go to six different stores and pull into six different parking lots I can go to <laughs> one place yeah. for all of my stuff and you know who I also feel bad for is the moms you know my, my mother-in-law she effing loves pennies that's Aww. all she all she does is go, oh, I'm going to go over to Penny's. I'm going to see what jewelry they have over at Penny's. I mean, uh -huh. Christmas shopping, we're, we've got Penny's. It's it's Penny's in the stockings, Penny's under the tree. And so for I, I feel bad for the moms who have been going to the mall and feeling like it's been their safe haven for many, many years. And they weren't intending on changing that. And now Penny's is going bye-bye and many malls are going to go bye-bye. Oh, I do think that in, in the world that we're living in, by the way, just to put a little bow on this one, of course, there is talk that Amazon 
might be interested in buying pennies now, especially because their valuation is going to be so much better as they are selling off some of their stores and declaring bankruptcy. And that there's talk that Amazon could potentially convert JCPenney stores into high tech retail, like <laughs> new wave stuff for Amazon. So we were big box and then we went to the internet. And now the internet's coming back to the big box. Should be very interesting to see. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, more on the way. Drop the subject. Returns after this. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. I'm not going to get hurt by it. It's been around for 40 years. Are we still talking about malls? <laughs> no. We're talking about the completely idiotic rationale why some individual would take a medication for something that is not recommended to take. Oh, who you mm. ask, Allie? Yeah. The president? The president of the United States. Oh, no. Announce. Oh, oh, no. He's just so silly. No, you dumb dumb. You're just so crazy. Listen, I, I, I know we have some Trump supporter listeners. I try not to completely bash him all of the time. But when you get into my territory, like Dr. Fauci said last week, I don't go talking to you about the art of the deal or economics or whatever, because that's not my bag. But when you start talking medical stuff, that is my bag. And I'm telling you, you can't just take a medication because you've I've heard a lot of good stories. I think it's good. I'm not well, going to get hurt by it. It's been around for 40 years. So has meth. <laughs> like really has been 40 years. Why was there no been anniversary around, well, party? Sure. We can pick an older. There's cocaine, LSD, okay. whatever. You, oh, I've heard a lot of good things about LSD. Yeah, when people are tripping on it. Well, since it's been around for a long time, it's safe for me to take. Now, there's a little bit of rationale about when something has been around for a long time, we've had a long time to test for it. That's why we like like don't have really good therapeutics for COVID-19 right now because it hasn't been around long enough. We haven't developed anything. We haven't been able to test anything, whatever. But you can't just... Ah, so the news of this, guys, sorry, I'm, before I go off on my tangent, Donald Trump just like casually mentioned yesterday in a press conference that he's been taking hydroxychloroquine for about a week and a half as prophylaxis for COVID-19. And we've all heard of that. You know, there's 11 White House staffers, I think, and there's some other ones that they haven't announced yet who have tested positive for COVID-19. There were Secret Service uh, members on both Trump and Pence's team who tested positive. So he's around this thing. He's obviously concerned enough to want to take something. And his doctor is actually giving this to him, even though the FDA, the CDC, the WHO are very clearly saying it's not working and it could cause more harm. Well, you you even said, I think, the other day that now we're not hearing about hydroxychloroquine for a reason because it was actually not helping the way that everyone originally thought that it was. And so it's kind of I never think that what he's saying, like he knows exactly what he's saying and he knows exactly what like he he did this on purpose. He said this on purpose because he mentioned this. And that he mentioned hydro, whatever, plaquenil is an easier thing to say if you want to okay. plaquenil. And then everybody bashed it. They were like, no, 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 no. And the CDC and all this, it was like, no, 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 no. He's saying this, but don't just go start taking it. That's not okay. Blah, blah, blah. Then it kind of faded away. And now he's bringing it up because he still wants to drive home the fact that he brought it up and that it's working because he cannot possibly be told that he's wrong about something. And listen, I don't, we don't know. Everyone's talking about remdesivir right now and the, and lots of people are taking it and it's showing maybe some early signs of working pretty well. And I know Gilead stack was up and down and left and right because of that. 
We don't know enough about remdesivir either. I'm not going to jump on that train either. I don't think there's any train you jump on. Listen, I am a prescriber of Western medicine, and I am one of the last people who will ever want to prescribe you anything. We we live in this culture of of like, I'm just going to take a medication and it's just going to fix everything. And boy, you know, I've gained about 400 pounds during my dissertation right now and in quarantine. <laughs> I wish I could take a pill and make it all go away, but I can't. This 380 is 380 at most. James. <laughs> You're Come like, on. really? I was thinking 377, James, but you know. <laughs> Listen, at I know we live in this culture. I know it would make everything so much better if we just had a pill and we could just make this thing go away and everyone could go back to work and the economy could be great and we could go back to fighting over like who's the worst old white guy, Biden or Trump. Like, fine, but that's not the world we live in. And so you have this willful ignorance of the facts is what drives me crazy. And people misinterpreting things and claiming them as being facts, it, it, it just... It makes me so angry. And by the way, this entire segment was supposed to be an Ask the NP, but Ali just <laughs> let me rant. So it was basically <laughs> like, should you, should you take someone else's medication, like prescriptions? Bottom line, I, I no. I think it's maybe. Oh, okay. No. No. Absolutely <laughs> no. Uh, like under no circumstances. I mean, if it's like an emergency and someone's got like a prescription of aspirin and you think you're having a heart attack, like fine, mm-hmm, take the aspirin mm-hmm. before you go to hospital. But like, mm-hmm. no, there's a reason that medications are prescribed to individuals. They are individualized. Even if you are taking the same medication as someone else, doses are different. Scheduling could be different for you. So it's always a conversation with your provider. And clearly Donald Trump is at a conversation with his provider who thinks that hydroxychloroquine is going to work because this. I'm sure this physician will do whatever Donald Trump wants them to do, which is irresponsible medicine. I think this is dumb. I think it's a lot of other things, but I can't say them on the radio. So all I could come up with was dumb. Dumb. There. You're big, dumb, stupid head. You are big. Okay. Our new segment, Donald Trump is a big, dumb, stupid head. It's now concluded. Ask the MP is concluded. We've got more next. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Drop the Subject presents News It or Lose It. News It or Lose It time. I've got three great stories in front of me. Ooh. And you have three choices that you uh, have to make. The future of the show depends on you, James Simmons, nurse practitioner. Are you ready to go? Nurse practitioners are our future. Keep them well. <laughs> Let them... Let them bong. (laughs) Let them lead. Because it's all I can sing of Whitney and I wouldn't even call it singing. All right, carry on. Love the remix. Okay, headline number one. Elon Musk makes a Republican Matrix joke and the Matrix creators told him to F off. I saw this headline, but I didn't get a chance to read it, so I want to hear all about it. Okay. Bong. Headline number two. Man climbs Mount Everest from his house. Yes. I'm super hyper fascinated with Mount Everest. Uh, me too. Yes, like penguins and and all the other space and that. Yeah, Mount Everest and pickles is on that list. and pickles. Okay. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, okay, yes, Sweet. we'll talk. Okay. Sweet. Headline number three: Authorities announce forfeiture of ancient Gilgamesh tablet from Hobby Lobby, uh, <laughs> Hobby Lobby's <laughs> Museum of the Bible. No, you know what? We know that. Listen, y'all, just don't go to Hobby Lobby. Okay, that's all you need to know. <laughs> Because they're a bunch of a-holes. That's the takeaway. Oh, I'm not bonging. I mean, I undo that bong. Sorry. Okay, unbong right now. 
Let's start with Elon Musk and we'll work our way over to Everest. Word. Elon Musk tweeted, Elon Musk is getting very right-wingy real quick. Uh, he yeah. does not like the quarantine. He doesn't like things being closed down. He's selling some of his homes. He's gone cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. And he tweeted, take the red pill, which is, um, of course, a Matrix reference, but it is also the concept of the red pill is not just about the movie anymore. Red pilling is now a term that's associated with right wing and conspiracy focused parts of the internet. Yes. Like don't succumb to the big brother government. The man is controlling you thing. And instead rebel against that by taking the red pill. But that rebellion also means like be a racist right wing alt right person. Yeah. Which yeah. I don't think that's what the Wachowski sisters intended. Yeah. No. <laughs> Um, but Ivanka Trump re retweeted Elon Musk and quote retweeted and said, taken. <laughs> Ivanka of Trump course, said that she has she taken has. the red pill. Uh huh. And then Lily Wachowski responded um, and said, F both of you. <laughs> <laughs> Good for her. I know, I, by the way, so... I love that the Wachowski sisters like give zero, zero yeah. Fs for a long time. And not that, I mean, I think they would care anything about Ivanka or Elon at this point. But like, I love that Lily was like right away, like F you. Yeah, F both of you. I love it. It's just such a great... Sometimes all you need is just a good, solid F word. I mean, you know? sometimes I mean, that, that is, yeah. Sometimes that's all you need. What was okay. what was Elon's baby's name again, Allie? I think it was... Um... Do you have it there? Oh, this is the pronunciation. <laughs> Verbatim. I think that's what's on the birth certificate. <laughs> Not Not All right, let's talk about working, climbing Everest from your home. There's a man <gasps> who, uh, his name's Rob, Rob Ferguson, and he, of course, is one of many people who planned to... Um, to summit Mount Everest this year. Uh -huh. That's not happening, obviously. It was postponed to, due to the pandemic. But, and he's 51 years old. He has now improvised from the confines of his own living quarters in London. And he decided to climb the equivalent of Mount Everest in his apartment complex by climbing up his stairs, the stairs of his apartment, 6,506 times, up and down the stairs for Whoa. 24 hours and 30 minutes to cover the equivalent of an up and down Everest hike. What? So the up and down. So like yes. the going up and the coming. Whoa. Okay. I thought this was going to be like, he just created something like he created an animal crossing that was Mount Everest. And he just like, whatever. No, this guy actually did the physical work. Yes. He used equivalent. the half flight of stairs to the second floor in his apartment building, which I mean, <laughs> I know I complain about my neighbors, but if somebody was for 24 hours on a loop going up and down the stairs with a giant backpack on and being like, Oh my God, my blister. I would be like, what is going on? Right. I can't go can I inside supplemental oxygen. I can't breathe, which is a thing. So I wonder if this was then the equivalent. Does it say from base camp to the summit or the entire uh, mountain? I believe 
I mean, I know this I'm is trying uh, we're to find totally that like nerding out, by the way. But base camp is like seventeen five, I think, something like that. And then the summit's like twenty six and a half. So that's that's correct. Uh, let's see. I I'll have to pause and actually look at the details of this because there's a bunch of details of of like where he started and how long it took and all this stuff. And he uh, held up great. a picture of a rainbow picture as he received a gift went to help motivate him during his twenty four hour hike. Uh, of course, I am going ahead and say that he did not need oxygen which is also legendary so um, <laughs> that has been news that we lose it I'll look through this and maybe we can find more details Everest is absolutely fascinating uh, um, totally. to a lot of people as well okay when we come back people are getting scammed not old people this time oh. look out youngins the scams are coming your way and they're Peloton related we'll get to that when we get back Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Well, I know we don't talk to Dr. Jen until Fridays, but this story that we're about to discuss here on Drop the Subject with Allie and James is Peloton related. So, Dr. Jen, uh-huh. if you're listening, we hope that uh, this. Uh, we we hope that you're listening because I think you'll want to hear this. People are getting scammed right now, and I I just want to say to all of the. Uh, senior citizens out there, you have been the main target for scams, and it's not fair. And I think that it's it's nice to to see the even the the playing field even out a little bit. To know that people on Instagram, young people who really want Pelotons, are also being scammed. Equal opportunity scamming taking place. <laughs> Very I good. think it's a good thing. Right. I mean, I I well maybe scamming people is not always necessarily a good thing, but at least it's not just the old people now, and it. It's sort of coming in this, like, listen, none of us really love Instagram influencers, but apparently people do love Instagram influencers because they all have lots of followers and sort of these tribes of people will like do what they say. And what's happening here is this little, this sort of like weird group think thing. I don't know what exactly what to call it, but they're all these different Instagram influencers are getting together and coming up with this sort of schema to gain more followers, get more attention to their account, and then possibly be giving away Pelotons to their new followers in the process. But is it really happening? Right. So when it comes to an influencer, right, and we've talked about the the age of the influencer and how, you know, supermodels were kind of the influencers of the 80s and 90s where it was like if Cindy Crawford was wearing something you all wanted to buy it that was just how it was now it's influencers taking pictures with the new uh, I don't know whatever that that electric thing that makes you have good posture whatever crap it is Uh and I need one and I mean, and we all fall for it, obviously. Even medical professionals that are about to be doctors. (laughs) We fall for these things. I mean, good posture is important. And I'm No, it is. Mine's like I've been hunched over a computer for three years. Like, you know. No, it is. It's like that and those weird couch cover things where they're like, look at this cool cover that we put on the couch, and then you can never have a hair on your couch. And Katie fell for that one like immediately. She Uh was like, We have to buy that. I was like, No, I swear to God, when we buy them, they're gonna look real tacky and they look nice on Instagram. Anyway. I I digress. Yes. If you've been seeing things on Instagram from influencers saying, hey, if you follow me and X amount of other people, you could win a free Peloton. Here's what's going on. It's, It's not an official scam, but a bunch of influencers have sort of ganged together or, or gotten together and decided, why don't we all pitch in 
50, whatever, a hundred bucks or something to buy a Peloton bike. And then we will go to our followers, try and get more followers. And then we'll do a random giveaway of said Peloton. And in the end, we'll all have more followers, which will then give us more money, which will then give us more endorsement opportunities, et cetera, et cetera. And someone will get a Peloton. Huh? <clears throat> I mean, I guess. But the, the thing is, I need I need receipts. Like, I need someone to show me if these people are actually getting the Peloton. Because I, I, here's the thing. If you go around and, like, I would follow a bunch of people, maybe 40 or 50 or so, to be like, wow, if I really have a chance of getting a, a, a Peloton. But it's sort of, I don't know, I'm also, like, a lottery guy. Like, I also am, like, fully convinced I'm going to win the lottery someday. But I, mm, I don't. You're one of those. Yeah. You know, my my dad buys tickets like religiously from the same place with the same numbers like twice a week, like whatever. And he spends like three dollars. Right. Like that. Like it's just a little thing. And he actually was very sad in the time of covid. He couldn't go to the, the liquor store to buy his yeah, lottery tickets. Buy lotto tickets. Right. Um, and I, but I will like I'll buy when the lottery is big, you know, like whatever. But. So I kind of get the thing from like a gambling perspective, but also, I don't know, it's sort of like the DoorDash pizza guy and Pasquale's and like people are just getting real creative and real innovative to like keep their shtick going during coronavirus. Yeah, when it comes down to it, people have a lot of time to think of new scams. It's this a great time for scammers right now. They're really thriving <laughs> in the times of COVID-19. I almost got scammed by someone, uh, and this had to do with my cat. We will talk about that when we get back, but also we will play a round of Who Tweeted It with hosts on the new channel Q. It'll be tougher than you think. We'll do that when we get back. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Drop the subject with Allie and James, and I know we have a game we have to get into it's a game of who tweeted it we've played it before on the show we're going to read a tweet and you have to guess which channel q host or personality or person who works for channel on the, on the channel q team tweeted it but first as a continuation to our instagram scamming conversation i thought i'd come clean about something uh-oh i followed me to get a peloton i followed you to get a peloton and i haven't gotten one damn it well but just keep on waiting. We're going to draw soon. No. Winner will be God, announced shortly, guys. No. Hey, and you guys. And I have to follow people and watch Stay all their tuned. stupid, uh, you know. <laughs> videos and crap. Stupid videos and crap and tutorials. Damn it. Don't. Leaning against cars and wing murals. All right. Yeah. Pink Here's walls. what happened. Uh-huh. I got scammed. Well, I, I pulled out of the scam when I realized that it was a scam, but I was uh -huh. scrolling through my feed and I saw a sponsored post that said, and it was cat scrunchies was the Instagram handle, I believe. Stop. Or what? cat cat kerchiefs or something of that sort. <laughs> and they said, we are looking for brand. Do you feel like you have a really cute cat? We are looking for brand ambassadors. Uh-huh. And I uh -huh. said, yes, I have the cutest cat. Of course. So, and they said, if you've got a really cute cat, DM us a picture of your cat. I cannot think of a better scam for a person on Instagram, cats? yes, that, who loves cats, then, <laughs> hey, send me a picture of your cat. I want oh, to see a no. picture of your cat. Uh-huh. Do you think that yours has what it takes? And I'm like, okay. Of course. My Every little single Badoo cat person on has... earth is like, yes, my I have the cutest cat ever. <laughs> she has two different color eyes. She 
looks beautiful in natural lighting. She has a little piece of her ear missing, which is adorable. I mean, she's got character. Oh, but do she, she's in she's in my pilot. She did a fantastic job. She's uh-huh. photogenic. I thought, of course, I'm going to send this picture of of my cat to Cat Kerchief's Instagram account. <laughs> So I send it and I said, this is my cat. Her name is Callie. She has half an ear and she has two different color eyes. And so they respond and she's like, oh my gosh, what an adorable cat. Um, Have you heard of our brand? And I'm like, "Um, no, I haven't. And they were like, well, here's how it works. You you buy our products and it's scrunchies with matching handkerchiefs with your cat. So you're taking pictures with your cat. What? With you have. There's no money in it. There's no nothing. They just wanted me to promote their product on my Instagram account and then spend my own money to buy a matching scrunchie and handkerchief for me and my cat and then to post pictures in said handkerchief and scrunchie to promote their business. And they sucked me into it with their send me your damn cat picture. And then I I realized eventually that they weren't saying specific cute things about my cat. It was a generic cat response. Uh It was a bot. Yes, it was a bot. Hey, your cat's cute because she asked me what the name was again. And I already told her her name was Callie Do. Uh, you're like, I told you this once already. So wait, were they even gonna, was, was there a promise of them reposting your picture on their site so that you would get followers or something like you? I didn't get get that far, James. I don't think I would get anything because it ended with, why don't you look at our product page and order something? And I was like, damn it. I'm not going to order scrunchy handkerchief combo because I can't do that to my cat. It's already bad enough that we're here all the time. I can't do this again. Put your cat in the thing. Oh my gosh. I mean, that's, but people do this also because we're all at home and bored right now. And you're like, I've had two and a half glasses of wine. I don't really feel like doing much. I'm laying on the couch. Like I'm kind of watching this, you know, episode of like whatever on Netflix right now, but not really. I'm scrolling through Instagram. Yeah, of course I want to take a picture of my cat and send it to you. Right? Exactly. I'm one glass of wine away from buying cat kerchiefs at all times. (laughs) Whatever those are. Whatever those are. (laughs) All right, let's get into the game now. I know that we're already far behind, but it's who tweeted it. I will read off a tweet that a person on this station has made in recent days. I'm talking the last couple months. You oh, have to okay. guess who tweeted it. It can be anybody who whose voice you can hear on the show or on the on the station rather as a whole. Here is your first tweet. Really want a grilled cheese right now. Really want a grilled cheese. Right now. Uh, said multiple times or just once? Just once. Just the one. Oh, really want a grilled cheese right now. Okay, so I'm thinking no about someone. No punctuation. No, nothing. No pu- oh, nothing. Okay, so someone who's kind of a fast tweeter uh, and just going to tweet these things out and someone who's hungry and thinking about food a lot. Um, although she's maybe the fittest among us, I feel like Michaela Gordon talks about food a lot. Like she like doesn't talk about food, but then she talks about food. She's um, one of those who will talk about wanting a grilled cheese and then she'll two weeks later say that she's been off dairy and carbs for six months. For Right, right. Which is what why I think she could just be like, like random tweet that. Um, so, all right, I'm going to go with Michaela. Michaela Gordon from The Morning Show. You are incorrect. That is Ryan Mitchell of oh. Let's Go There at the Slay God. Yes. Here's your course. next one. I mean, Ryan also, like, like stream of conscious tweets. He does. <laughs> like whatever yeah. goes in Ryan's brain, it just comes out on Twitter, which it's is really like, great. It's yeah. hysterical. Yeah. It's what Twitter's for. All right. Yeah. 
I just cleaned my microwave for the first time in two years. Hashtag it takes a quarantine. Ooh, that could also be Michaela. I don't know why I'm on a Michaela kick today. That could also be Michaela, though, because... (laughs) That's something that she would like not have done. Cleaned her microwave. Although it takes a quarantine. That interest that's interesting. Doing the actual hashtagging. I don't know. I'm gonna go with Shira, Shira Lazar from Let's Go There. That is me. Oh, it's Allie. You're Allie Johnson. It does. See, I, sh- I should have known how clever the hashtag was, that it should have been you. I, I know. You should have known. I always make jokes in hashtag form. That's something you... <laughs> oh, that's one of the first things people learn about me. Okay, here's your final one. or uh-huh. just and, and we'll see if we can pick this up in the next break. Jesus... This is around Easter time. Jesus out here having... Leaving... Okay, sorry. Jesus out here leaving a whole tomb, and I'm having a hard time making it to the living room. Hashtag he lives. Jesus out here leaving a tomb... Leaving a whole tomb. Leaving and a I'm whole having tomb. a hard time making it to the living room. Hashtag he lives. Who is it? Well, I'm gonna probably gonna go O for three. I mean, I hope that wasn't me. But maybe I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna say a, AJ Gibson from the Morning Beat. <gasps> Good job, you got yeah! it. That sounds like a very AJ sort of slothy thing. He likes to sloth on the weekends. Oh, you know <laughs> so the personalities here very well. All right, yes. uh, maybe we'll get to another round a little later in the show. This has been Who Tweeted It, and we will be back with Just the Tip Just Tuesday. The tip. These are things that you should not have in your house as an adult or in a, or your apartment if you're if you're an adult like we are. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. Channel Q. James Q. Simmons. Guest hosting with your Allie Johnson. It is Tuesday, which means we're doing just the tip Tuesday. And this one is fantastic. I think that my husband would have wished that I uh, listened to this one seven years ago and maybe even more often and repeatedly. I will get to why in a moment. But before we go on, Allie, I do have one last tweet. Oh, from the game that we played in the last hour, who tweeted it? I know you were telling me tweets, but I have one for you, Allie. You give it to me. One guess of a Uh Channel Q personality who tweeted this. It's pretty easy. It's pretty simple. You should get it right away. The tweet was, thank you. Jesse. (sighs) No. Damn it. Thank you, question mark. There was a a question mark at the end. Ha ha, gotcha. I'm kidding. Allie is a prolific tweeter. If you do not follow her, please follow her at your Allie Johnson (laughs) and follow the show at DTS show. And so I had to find the most random tweet I could find from you in the last couple of months. And you just told someone, thank you, question mark. Thank you. Yeah, that sounds like something I would say. (laughs) Very good. But... Uh-huh. Uh, for Just the Tip Tuesday, we are going to talk about there are just some things that uh, you don't need to have in your home as an adult. And I think this is a really interesting conversation because a lot of us are spending so much time. A lot of us, all of us should be spending a probably significant amount of time at home these days. And we so we have an opportunity to really evaluate what's in our house. You can go Marie Kondo style, right? You can just be like, find everything, clean it out. But I feel like people sort of did that in the first couple of weeks. But now you're really having an opportunity to like actually evaluate the things that are in your home. And are they sort of like age appropriate? Yeah, I mean, if you look around your house or apartment and you see posters with no frames... Windows with no curtains, chairs <laughs> with no laughing. backs. 
you know, there are a lot of there are a lot of items in your apartment that can really be a dead giveaway that you just got out of college or that you have not moved on from college. And we're all guilty uh-huh. of it. I, I think that oh, and we're about to go through this list for just the tip Tuesday. But the first thing that that I thought of was it, when I felt like I was a real adult. And this is this is I don't think on the list when you spend an extra couple of dollars on good toilet paper. You are really adulting. You're really taking your ass in your own hands and saying, I care about you. (laughs) I care about you and I care about not getting hemorrhoids. Exactly. (laughs) And that was a moment where I had graduated from being an adolescent to being a full on adult was when I reached past that Scott and I went for the Charmin and Uh I was like, I'm really living now. It's, it's, I, I am living. It's going to be worth it. I feel like my first adulting was, uh, in sort of a similar vein when I did not have to bend all the way over and squat to get the liquor that I was going to buy to take home to my house. Like I didn't, <laughs> oh, I didn't you're not bottom the, shelfing like, it. Seven ninety nine, like, you know, whatever, like, uh, yes. I forgot the name of it. Pop off vodka or Pop-off Giorgio's. Vodka. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. I went just one shelf up and was like, fine, I'll spend, you know, nine ninety nine on this bottle of vodka. I was like, man, I have made it. Yeah. And when you're buying wine, that's not in jug or box form. That's always <laughs> right, a like good signifier actual, that you're an adult. Uh huh. Like, yeah. a, like actual wine at like eye level. Yeah, you're like, I'll take that. And it's on sale. So let's let's get into it. These are some of the things that you should not have in your house if you are an adult. And um, the first one here is your high school trophies, um, <laughs> which I can get behind. Um, there are also sports themed bed sheets on the list, which. Oh, my. Yeah. If you've got any kind of themed bed sheets, that's not just a, a very muted pattern. I would say we need to talk. Yeah. Uh, If it's like, I would even venture to say like NSYNC or, um, you know, (laughs) not boy band Powerpuff girls. Yeah. Something (laughs) like that. Lay off the Powerpuff girls. They never go out of style. (laughs) Very true. Uh, Adult DVDs and beer art are also on the list. And Uh uh, having your mattress on the floor or having a pallet bed, not having an actual bed frame, just having like a slat or that metal thing that you run into with your foot. It hits your shit every day. Uh When you have like a real bed frame with a headboard and everything that that's a real adult. You have you have certainly made it into uh, adulthood. I I there are so many things that go along with that though. By the way, you have got my mind like reeling and spinning. Uh, and we have more from this list of just the tip Tuesday. This is drop the subject. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Just the tip Tuesday. Drop the subject with Allie and James, and we are talking about things you should not have in your apartment or house as an adult. This next one on the list is something that I used to do in college all the time. I was so proud of all our collection of empty liquor bottles would be lining the shelves, (laughs) lining the windows. I don't know what it is about that. We would buy that jug wine. We'd buy the Carlo Rossi. Uh We would mix it with Popov, which is the the most disgusting combination. And then we would... mix wine and... 
bad vodka? It was bad, bad, very bad. There was oh my, so much. How are you alive? I don't know, but I think that the insides of me are scarred from that <laughs> forever. The forever. But we would then proudly display the empty pop-off in Carlo Rossi. Like even plastic bottles we would display. I don't know what it was. It was like a conquered oh, this okay. bottle. Look totally. everyone. Yes. You also didn't want to give up on the fact that you spent like a third of your paycheck on alcohol. Yep. So you're like, I just want to just like remember that I, you know, um, and typically what would happen after one of those nights of drinking all of that alcohol is that, you know, your buddy crashes, right? Someone stays over and crashes on the couch for like a day. Yeah. Randos <laughs> in your in and out of your house or apartment. That's definitely a no, no. When you become an adult. Yeah, absolutely. Um, This one, um, I don't know how I feel about this one. Sports Illustrated calendars. Uh, (laughs) I mean, maybe you just tuck them under the under the mattress instead of like hanging them on the wall still. Sure. Yeah, I think sexy calendars or sexy pictures. This is more of like a dude college, like straight dude college dorm situation, probably. But um, having those Sports Illustrated models or like those sexy calendars up and on, like by your bedside was also not not OK. But in the in the straight lady realm, Dreamcatchers is also on the list. <laughs> right. You shouldn't have them in your uh, above your bed or in your house or really hanging from your car, too. I feel like oh, there's an yeah. extension to that one, too. People totally like hang them in their cars. This one was really, really hard for me to let go because I'm a sauce guy. I'm a I'm a I'm a, a spicy guy. The Taco Bell hot sauce collection. Yeah. You know, when you go to Taco Bell, first of all, you probably should just stop going to Taco Bell as an adult anyway. And then <laughs> when you would go, you would also be like, can I get like extra fire sauce, please? And then you store all said fire sauce in the refrigerator and that becomes your condiment for everything. Yes. I don't know why sauce hoarding is so big when you are not an adult yet. You're just like, I don't know when I'm going to get more sauce. I need to keep all right. of the sauce in the sauce drawer and all the plastic utensils. I mean, you have this drawer just full of napkins and soy sauce and condiment packets. Like it's like, <laughs> cause it's free. Yeah. It's cheap. And then you'll never yeah, buy mustard and ketchup because you're like, well, we got it from McDonald's. Right. Um, all right, sports shrines and makeshift curtains. Those are the two next things on this list. I would say <laughs> makeshift curtains is a really tough one because I used to do the thing where I would uh, put tapestries up on the wall as decorations. Of course, and because yes, yes, yes. I was all, and then we'd have like Tibetan flat. Oh god, we were so stupid. And then <laughs> when I moved in with my wife, or she was my girlfriend at the time, we had you know those crappy like blind curtains. And uh-huh. I remember going to wherever we were, Ikea or Pier 1 or some store, and we were like, let's buy curtains. And I was like, oh, my God, we are buying curtains. curtains. That was, well, that was the thing, right? It wasn't that a thing, like, back in the day when you're like, if you're, like, buying curtains with someone or whatever, like, it's getting serious. Yes. You know? Like, that, that is a thing. I couldn't give up for a long time, Ali, too, speaking of, like, things on the wall. I, I got a, a caricature artist, did a fantastic picture of me. <laughs> While I was in New Orleans and I just, I could not let it go. I was like, this is the hottest picture of me I've ever seen. And so I like had that picture boardwalk pictures. Isn't that funny? And I don't like pictures of myself. Like I'm not, I I, I don't think I'm a vain person, but I like don't want them on the wall or whatever. But I was like, this character, I just like, I have to have it forever. I mean, I was probably 30 before finally my best friend slash roommate at the time was like, get that thing off the wall. (laughs) You don't need that tiny tennis racket in your hand. 
Right. You need to please just walk away. <laughs> it did. It had a tennis It ball. did. Of course it did. Everyone's like a tiny play, oh, tiny God, soccer ball, a tiny great. tennis racket. I will say uh, that I know a, we have to go, but the, the, the getting creative with decorations is definitely a signifier to how much of an adult you are. Like road uh, signs, neon signs, uh, like anything that you because you can't afford to buy like real art or pictures or whatever uh-huh. so you're using random things like trophies and sports yeah. signs and i mean you're getting cre- and like you get creative with lamps like you can't just buy a nice lamp you have to buy like a black light lamp or a, a, a lava lamp it has to be like a weird like, like look weird at things. like so you're just using things that you have and trying to turn them into a decoration in your into, apartment right shot glasses old cd racks like yeah you're just like making it work whatever while you're sitting on your futon you're like this looks great (laughs) exactly all right well this has been just the tip tuesday buy some nice toilet paper get second rack wine all right you deserve it we'll be right back drop the subject the new channel q Welcome back to Drop the Subject with Allie and James, where we share with you any kind of nightmare news. Here That's comes right. Peter Cottontail. Uh, Ooh. Uh, 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 but you have to say uh, it like a creepy child. Go ahead. Right. Here comes Peter Cottontail. <laughs> Play with us. Come to Play me. with us, rabbits. Forever. <laughs> Yes, of course. And ever. When it comes to scary things, there are murder hornets. There are murder hornets. And then. (laughs) Wasn't there something else? There was a. What last week? Gypsy moths. Gypsy, yeah. That were killing trees. Yeah, they're killing the trees. The poor animals. They're going through it now, too. Man, seriously. There were zombie deer a while back. And now. Perhaps scariest of all, in the time of COVID-19, there is a new deadly disease ravaging wildlife. It's killing bunnies. What? What the hell? I have notes for God. Can we just take a moment? God, I understand that, you know, all humans aren't perfect, but bunnies are. <laughs> right. And what the bunnies ever do to you? You created what, them. Exactly. You created the bunnies. You d- you'd also designed them to procreate like crazy. So there are a million rabbits everywhere. They're adorable. I mean, I'm looking at the picture on this article on CNN, and this bunny is looking at me like, what? Like, they're just so cute and, and fluffy. And why do they now need to be faced with their own deadly virus that is threatening <laughs> to run, wipe out their entire population across multiple states? And and the disease has one. I think this word just I don't know if it's because I know too much or whatever. I just hate this word. And it's it's rabbit hemorrhagic disease. Yeah, like you just know like hemorrhaging is bad. I think even if you didn't know what it meant, you would be like that word doesn't sound good because it's not. No, it's definitely not. I wouldn't say if someone said, wow, that rabbit has rabbit hemorrhagic disease, I'd be like slowly backing away like, thank you very much. (laughs) Right. I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. And so they it's not related to coronavirus, but both diseases have been thought to have spilled over from one species to another. So I think the rabbit disease 
went from domestic to wild rabbits and both rose so quickly that health officials had lim- a limited window to react. This is according to the article. And so, but they think that it originated around a decade ago in European rabbits and now it's making its way over to U.S. rabbits that are not, don't have the little bunny antibodies to be able to withstand this horrible illness. Uh, and it spread. I mean, it spread quickly. You know, there were originally they were saying, you know, like you said, it started possibly in Europe. And then it's there's all of a sudden seeing it's been discovered in wild rabbits in New Mexico. And then just days later in El Paso, Texas, and then days after that, Arizona and now here in California in May. So this thing is spread like like they procreate. It's also spreading very quickly through the rabbit population. Yeah, man. I mean, we and I don't want to make this about us, the humans. Of course, we, we like to make everything about us. But, you know, people are staying inside. They're trying to respect, you know, the quarantine. And then you decide, hey, you know what? I'm going to get some fresh air and go on a little nature walk. And then you're walking along, maybe with a little child in tow who's been in the house all day finger painting. And you've got their little tricycle. And, oh, you know, oh, look. Oh, look at that little bunny. Look at what's... Oh, my God. It's like... like <laughs> It's like it's bleeding so, from its eyes. Yes. It's like, oh, and I mean, it's not funny, but it's so, it's, blah, it's, just, that's it's, it's not funny, but it's so sad that it's just because of all of the things that are going on right now, you have to just go, come on. Right. Like, really? And they, I mean, this goes on not to just be like gross for the bunnies, but they're saying this could have really interesting, like ecological, ecological of impacts in that you're like these other creatures are going to kill something even cuter. I'm sure. Right. And then like the bunnies aren't eating all the plants and like it could like change the ecosystem. Aye, aye, aye. Yeah, I mean, get ready because it's just like all bets are off right now. We're going to read something else about like, oh, there's some new disease that makes puppies only have three legs or whatever. It's going to be something next that's going to make it. I I just I need we need a win. All right. Can we just make something? Can we can we have some kind of a horrible disease that's killing all the mosquitoes? Where's that disease? Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. How did he know to kiss her? And lick her softly on her neck and shoulders until she wanted to scream. Most men weren't that subtle. The pressure of his fingers on the rest of her body was perfect, gentle, and eager at the same time. Go on. What? <laughs> Ellie, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. What? What did, he knew what exactly he do? what, what to next? do with his tongue in his hands and oh. he moved slowly oh. down her body with his Get mouth out. until he rested. Oh, I can't okay. say that on the radio. That, that probably so what are we doing? Let's 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 turn it right around. Let's write this ship and let you know that this is the internet giving us erotic Anthony Fauci fan fiction. <laughs> or as I like to call it, fan fauction. Oh, very good. You've been waiting all show to say that. Allie, I have. I have. How did it go? Now, listen, can we just, by the way, I mean, there is a petition for Dr. Anthony Fauci to become people's sexiest man alive, right? Thousands of people have signed this online petition. Dude 79, by the way. And dude? he is, uh, dude, 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 dude is, dude, dude okay. is 79. He is quite young and spry and and very still like cognitively with it i mean when he clapped clapped back at rand paul last week i was like oh i mean i've sort of already been in love with this dude anyway 
a lot of you may not know that I've been this dissertation we've been talking about. I'm doing my doctoral research on HIV and social media. And so uh, Anthony Fauci is a legend in the HIV research community. And so like I've, I've known of him for a long time. I've not had a chance to meet him, uh, but he's just as kind of a legend in that community. And then to see him, all of the amazing things that he's doing right now, I've totally totally had a crush from afar so many people have and i'm not surprised that we have some uh, dr fauci erotica well you know i think that you make a great point he is he has been a legend for a long time but a lot of people you know myself included didn't know as much about him as i do now and he really is changing the image of what the sexiest man alive is. This man is is unassuming. He's a small guy. He's not very tall. He he but he's very smart and he's learned and he wears glasses uh-huh. and he puts people in their place when he needs to. But I would like to say one of the great joys lately for me has been you translating Dr. Fauci's clapbacks. <laughs> and I would like to see that Dr. Fauci's fan fiction. Oh, because I bet I mean, it would be real steamy. That would be extra special. That would be like 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 the eagle steamy, you know, like the the, the classic eagle gay bar steamy. Oh, we would, we I would, was like, <laughs> oh, what are you? About? You were like, <laughs> is that like you your favorite fan erotic? I don't know. <laughs> like the eagle. Some of our listeners understand what going to the eagle is like. If you know what I mean. <laughs> and so, uh, yes, it would be uh, certainly spicier. But I feel like he's kind of I mean, he's from Brooklyn. Like he's got a little uh, he's got a little spice, got a little fire under him anyway. Um, and Apparently, people have thought this for a very long time because this uh, erotic Dr. Fauci fiction, we should say for sure, was originally uh, produced years ago. We there was a really yeah. So that this is not a, apparently super new. Sally Quinn, who is an uh, erotic fiction author, of um, course, her name is Sally. Of Sally. course, <laughs> Sally I Quinn could have sworn this was a COVID thing, like. COVID, I'm quarantined, I'm going to write, like, I've I've gone off the deep end, my, my, I've still killed all my plants, and the only thing left to do now is to write erotic Dr. Fauci fan fiction, and I pictured somebody <laughs> just like Sally, but it, it always is a person like that, right? When, you're, when you hear about erotic fan fiction, it's always some 55-year-old lady who is totally unassuming that no one would even, you know, she, like, mm-hmm. works in HR or finance, or she's, like, a librarian or something, and then you see her doing like an interview about her new crazy erotic fan fiction book. And you're like, what Sally, it was you. What She's been doing. Time? What has she been doing this whole time? Right. Right. The whole she, time. She might even, she might even be a Karen, but she was like writing erotic fiction. And, uh, but apparently this, well, so Sally Quinn, she actually has been, uh, she finally came out and said that her 1991 mob, uh, novel happy endings, which featured the protagonist, Dr. Michael Lanzer, was based on her interactions with Dr. Anthony Fauci in when Fauci was sort of coming to prominence uh, at the, I think he was at the NIH. I don't know if he was at NIH there, CDC at that time. Uh, But in the 80s, when he was best known for, you know, doing some really groundbreaking work on fighting the HIV AIDS epidemic. She just thought he was really sexy and she was totally enamored with him. And so she based the protagonist of her next erotic novel on him. Well, Lanzer, Dr. Lanzer is the main character in this. You're right. And it is about a woman by the name of 
of uh, First Lady Sadie Gray, whose husband uh. has just been assassinated, and she meets Dr. Lanzer while on a Caribbean vacation with friends. Dr. Lanzer is a uh, a Jewish, a married Jewish man, uh, an Orthodox Jewish man in this, though he is not, Dr. Fauci himself is not, and the two are kept apart until Lanzer gets dangerously sick, and Sadie nurses him back to health after a, regula- a rigorous butt cheek massage. He can't take it any longer, <laughs> and that is the first ah. sex scene of many. But I, I'm surprised. I think that she should write another one that's more related to now, like, and then he took his mask off in front of everybody and he got <laughs> four feet apart rather than six feet and he, six. he washed his hands for only 15 seconds like dirty stuff like that but not her, so her dirty. And her body began to tremble right? right. Yes. <laughs> he only sang the happy birthday song once while once. washing his hands. Mm, He's such, such a, a bad boy. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. James Q. Simmons guest co-hosting with your Ali Johnson and we are rolling right along here in the last hour of the show and there has been some very interesting developments in terms of investigating what's really going on with the origins of coronavirus and COVID-19. There are reports that uh, Australia, well, not reports, this is confirmed. Australia has actually uh, amassed a delegation of 116 other countries that have signed on to do an unbiased, thorough, investigation into not like the origins of this coronavirus pandemic, but then also, you know, how it's been handled. But they're doing this with a really interesting spin. And I think it's a really nice thing. They're actually going in saying, let's not have a blame game. Let's not let's let's do the opposite of what the United States is doing. Let's not point fingers at any one country or one region or whatever. Let's actually just investigate where this thing came from and how it was handled so that we have data and facts and we could all move forward together with the actual factual information. Yeah. No, I think that it's very important to go about this in a sensitive way. Choose your words very carefully because, and I think that's what Australia has done, is they, I think it's very important that they use the word unbiased because just simply saying, I want to launch an investigation into how this all started. So many xenophobic and racial uh, themes come into that, right? Because of, of how people think this started. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, there are a lot of people that have opinions and there are so many conspiracy theories floating around. So you have to be careful. Of course, it's, it's important to figure out where this came from and how it started because you don't want history to repeat itself. But I, I, I applaud Australia for being for, for taking the extra step to say, uh, we're not blaming anybody. We just want to find out what happened happened and and figure out how we can do it better if this happens again right and i i think that unfortunately though some of the damage has already been done you know the so there there's a the world health assembly uh, started meeting this week and of course obviously the one and only real topic that's going on is the coronavirus pandemic and chinese president xi jinping was actually there and had to sort of stand up and defend his country's response, you know, and saying all along we've acted with openness, transparency and responsibility. We provided information to the WHO and relevant countries in the most timely fashion. We released the genome sequence at the earliest possible time. We shared control and treatment experiences without reservation. All these things he goes on and on in sort of this statement to the World Health Assembly. And we sort of know that that's true-ish, 
You know, it's probably it's not uh, entirely true because we know that Jap uh, Japan, sorry, China was actually doing a measure of public relations and image control about this early on. And so they had mm -hmm. not actually released a lot of the information to the WHO. We know that some information did actually get to the WHO and the WHO was a little bit slow to push it out to other countries because they treated it like other emerging disease processes. And and just so a lot of people don't know. I see. Different viruses. They facilitate it. Uh -huh. Yeah, pop up like this. Not all the time, not like every day or anything, but they pop up pretty often. And so if the WHO slammed the brakes on all the countries and said, oh, my God, everyone stop, go home, quarantine yourself, you know, stop the, the economies, whatever, on every single time someone alerted them on the virus, we would be doing it all the time. We would never have any sort of economy or any sort of functioning as a, like a global society. So the WHO oftentimes has to sort of weigh the evidence and see the information that they're getting and whatever, which is why. So then they become an easy scapegoat for Donald Trump afterwards where they're like, well, the WHO didn't act fast enough. No, I think the WHO. I mean, my opinion is my own, but I think the WHO acted fast enough uh, mm. with the information that they had from China and China had admittedly withhold some of the information. But now I think they're being much more transparent than they have been. Yeah. And I would hope I would hope so. I mean, China has has been known to control their narrative in the past. Right. Sure. They they like are very do. concerned with. Yeah. Right, yes, uh, we I think all major nations do that mm -hmm. because it's a. It's an image thing. They want their reputation to be that everything's great. Everything's perfect. We reacted perfectly. I mean, just look at our president. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. but I also think it's wonderful that, uh, you know, China is donating or they're pledging $2 billion over the course of two years to the World Health Organization to aid in figuring out what did happen, right? And they, they have said, I mean, this is coming from the Chinese president, uh, Xi Jinping, and he is saying that he completely supports this investigation and he's supporting it financially as well, it would seem. Yeah. And I mean, we'll have to see how yeah. how this all goes. You know, I, I don't think there are a lot, many countries are cer certainly reticent to let other countries in and do thorough investigations of their operations. Right. I, I, yeah. I you know, not every I mean, country is going to be like, sure, come on in. Oh, just come on in and see everything that we're doing. Right. We would not uh, by any stretch of the imagination and allow, allow the Chinese to come in and, and with a fine tooth comb evaluate our response. So mm -hmm. I don't think we should necessarily be angry that China is probably not going to allow uh, you know, us to do that or another country to do that. But at least they're donating a large sum of money to this effort and they're they're promising to be transparent. So at least we have something we can hold them to. Yeah. All right. Well, some other things ahead. News that or lose it. Three stories from James. I have three votes and you are going to get some news after this. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject presents... News it or lose it. Drop the subject on the new channel Q. It is time once again for News It or Lose It. I have three stories. Allie has a binger banger dinger clinger. Oh, very lovely today, Allie Johnson. That is Thanks, good. It's a glass cup and a metal straw. And a, and a metal straw. Very mm -hmm. good for you. Not contributing to the straw pile in the ocean. You're such a good little Californian, aren't you? I got these for free. Oh, you're, you're like, okay. Well, on that <laughs> note. Uh, headline number one. Let's go! 
Governors in California, New York, and Texas say pro sports can return soon without fans in attendance. Okay, well, we'll news it and hear a little sportsy stuff. Sure, why not? A little sportsy stuff. Uh, Headline number two. Wait, did I start with headline number two? I think I said headline number two. I meant number one. Now we're on to number two. Headline number two. Ryan Seacrest raps have denied he had a stroke oh, during yeah. the American Idol finale. <laughs> I read about this. <laughs> yeah, I, I shouldn't be laughing. Yes, I'm going to news it. Uh, and headline number three. Ellen is at the end of her rope. No! Over allegations of secretly mean behavior inside yes. of Say. Yes. Oh, I got I to gotta do a three for three. I got a three for three. And this is where we play the song about three. Okay. So long story short, we can do the sports thing really, really pretty fast. So we can get to the other stories because I think they're super interesting. Basically... Gavin Newsom here in California was like, ah, I feel like like the first week of June, more or less, we can start pro sports without fans. No real details on like, are you testing players every day? Like how that's right. going to work? What about their, their staff? What about their staffs that then they go home to their families? I mean, this is sort of complicated, but as sports fans, Allie, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like so excited. Like, ah. God, I need something. Like I would totally be in the middle of, of of like NBA playoff madness right now. I would be getting ready for the WNBA season, which contrary to popular belief, the WNBA is growing. Like they're thinking about bringing old, they were thinking about opening up new franchises. Like the WNBA is popping. I was totally nice. getting ready for that. Like I'd get ready to be going to Dodgers games this summer. Oh, whatever. So just like well, everybody else. I think that we should do it in terms of protective gear, PPE. So for example, all of the sports that you kind of already are wearing a mask for can open first. Like a like we have to put a mask over the catcher's mask in baseball, something like that. Well, yeah, like the like the catcher can come back, but not the players yet. Or like the <laughs> or football like the can because everyone's wearing helmets. Right. Or, or like the goalie in hockey, like he's the only one. That exactly. Gets anyone who already wears <laughs> facial protections can come back, and anyone who's not doesn't. Simple. Simple. Ta-da. So look for that. Uh, Texas and New York, even Cuomo is like we're we're ready and willing to be an able partner in bringing sports back to New York or whatever. So very exciting news. Uh, Okay. So this is really crazy. I have a little audio to play for you for this one. So uh, Ryan Seacrest has not only been hosting like Ryan Seacrest live and uh, live with Kelly and Ryan and American Idol. He's been doing all of this from home, running his production company. Like this is one of the busiest dudes in Hollywood. Like if you don't know, now you know, but on the during the American Idol finale, when he was at home the other night, he's hosting this from home and he loses it. I mean, this is it's really interesting. It's about halfway through this audio. Take a listen. Music of the Queen of Soul, Aretha Franklin, along with our top eleven, is Cynthia Aretha. Cynthia Erivo and the top 11 right there. Catch her playing Aretha Franklin on the National Geographic series Genius Aretha premiering this fall. Well, he's like mumbling. He can't quite say, get out Cynthia Erivo. He's like, Cynthia Erivo is Aretha Franklin. And then he's like clapping and he's whatever. And then what the craziest thing is, is it looks like his right eye is so much smaller than his left. It's like enlarged, right? Yeah, yeah, his left one's big. His right one's drooping a little bit like everyone's I, like Ryan Seacrest is having a stroke. He's having a stroke. Right. right. My, right. if I was watching this live, I would have been like, uh, oh, dude is having a stroke right now. And so essentially like everyone on Twitter, like all these people went crazy. They were checking in on him. And then mysteriously, he was not on the live with Kelly and Ryan show on Monday. 
yesterday. So yeah. Everyone was and like, then they responded and said that they gave like a total non non reason, didn't they? They were like, he's tired. It was like, yeah. what? Basically, his reps have been like, he's just dealing with uh, stress. What are they saying? Ryan did not have any kind of stroke last night. Like many people right now, he's adjusting to the new normal and finding work-home balance and the added stress of having to put on live shows from home. Okay, I think that is total BS. There is a yes. thing called TIA, a transient ischemic attack. These happen to people. He's super stressed. Stress can trigger strokes. So, like, I think this guy totally had a stroke in front of everybody on national TV, and now they're trying to back out of it. I just hope that he's okay. I hope he's seeking care from a competent nurse practitioner or physician and getting treated for this because these can be warning signs of a big, bad stroke. And he's not that old. No, I think he's 40, he's 51, I think. Oh, is he 51? Oh, maybe even, no, 45, 45, 45, 45. All right, let's hear about Ellen. And then poor Ellen. She's just long Her story short, having a stroke. I mean, Ellen DeGeneres is about to have a stroke. Um, so, you know, we all know these stories. They just keep coming and coming and coming about Ellen, including most notably here on us or drop the subject, excuse me, from me. <laughs> I'm the <laughs> yep. one that keeps bringing you, up Ellen. You do. You highlight all of the tea. Right. Um, and it is a lot going on and Ellen apparently is at the end of her rope with all of these stories you'll have to hear her reaction next drop the subject the new channel Q drop the subject new channel Q we left you hanging in the last break definition of a cliffhanger about uh, poor Ellen you know she just is getting it from all different sides and apparently it's not going well there's been a lot of talk in uh, during the time of COVID about how Ellen maybe just is not the nicest person and these stories just keep coming out and they just keep hammering Ellen kind of like I do during News It or Lose It and apparently she is a human being. She has feelings and emotions and she is not reacting to this very well according to some insiders. Um, They're saying that Portia, her wife, has really been helping her to manage the emotional toll of the onslaught that all of these allegations have had. And she's really thankful to have Portia in her life as a soulmate and a sounding board, but that doesn't mean it's easy. Her home life is very, very strained right now. Um, and some of her real friends are finding it awkward to be around her. They don't oh, know how to no. handle it. Yeah. <laughs> well, because it's the thing that I asked you about last week. I was like, am I a bitch? And imagine all of your friends being like, um, you're really focused. And you're really interesting. And you're like, Wait, uh, I said you were really focused. I didn't want You that. did. No, but that's not like a mean thing. I don't think. No, I, but yeah. that's what she, that's what's probably happening in Ellen's to world Ellen, right, right now. Right. Everyone's like, no, you're no, not. Uh, yeah. No, that wasn't you. That was Brooke. Uh, no, I did. I'm so sorry. I did. I'm so sorry. There it is. Very good. All right. Let's get into happy endings because I think Ellen needs one and so do we. Learning about a new rabbit disease for bunnies is always sad news. There's other sad things going on in the world, of course, so it's important that we take those things, we turn them into, find a silver lining, however small, and we give it to you so you can take something positive into the rest of your day. And we've talked about all kinds of things. We've talked about if, if COVID is making us all more mean I mean, I think Ellen would disagree, but uh, we did a You're the Worst pizza edition with Michael Jordan. 
spitting on a pizza versus Chuck E. Cheese tri- tricking everybody into ordering their pizza. Uh-huh. Talked about how malls are going by the wayside. We talked about how you're not supposed to take medication that's not given to you by a l- legitimate non-political doctor. We play, <laughs> played a round of who tweeted it. We did all kinds of stuff. We talked about things in your apartment that you should not have in adulthood. It all culminates to this moment, the happy endings and what do you have in front of you for a happy ending, James? Yeah, I mean, you brought you you just mentioned it. You know, it was sort of a toss up for me between uh, Michael Jordan and Chuck E. Cheese in terms of who's being the worst. Um, but you know, at least neither of them were tricking people into buying like Applebee's food or anything. Oh no, that also happened. Oh, <laughs> damn it! Applebee's is the worst. <laughs> I think that's a great happy ending. <laughs> when it really comes down to it, Ellen people can be mad at, even Martin Shkreli, but when it comes down to it, Applebee's is a- like a- the worst. Applebee's is the, I would rather be tricked with Chuck E. Cheese every day. Yeah, I, I, would, I would agree with you there. Yeah. All right, um, here's my happy subject, ending. Sponsored by Applebee's. Sponsored by Applebee's. <laughs> And the Flair. Are they the ones with the Flair? Is that Chevy's? Uh, I, I, mean, I think they all have. TGI Fridays was the oh, one. Oh, TGI They were the ones really known for their Flair. And maybe they're the ones I actually hate. Maybe I don't hate Applebee's all that much. But yeah, anyway. Grab your buttons, Allie. What are, let us know what's your... Grab your Flair. What's your happy ending? My happy ending is this. Yes, it is sad that there's some new weird disease that's killing a bunch of cute little rabbits. That's awful. I mean, if we don't have enough to worry about, now we have to worry about cute little bunnies dying. It's terrible. But on the good side, they've got Bugs Bunny in their corner. And he is smart and conniving. And all he really needs to do to turn this around is change that sign from wabbit season to duck season. Duck season. (laughs) It's rabbit season. No, it's duck season. So it won't work out very well for the ducks, but it will work out great for the rabbits. So at least they've got bugs in their corner and hopefully that'll get them through it. Oh, I think Jesse just looked at both of us and he was like, what are you talking about? Like that is maybe the greatest piece of animation that has ever been put together. Maybe we oh, should Wabbit have season, duck season is a fantastic, fantastic sketch. Unbelievable. I feel like maybe we should have an animation edition for Jesse now of young people watching <gasps> old movies, like the animation version. We would have to make him watch the Bugs Bunny opera with Elmer Fudd. Uh-huh. And the and yes, when the, you put the patties in the water. I killed a wabbit. Killed a wabbit. All right. They're saying you get the hell off the air. All right. We'll see you tomorrow. Download the podcast if you miss anything. We'll talk to you later. Bye. On the next. On the next. Drop the subject. On the next show, we met at a nightclub in Vegas. We met at an outdoor concert and made out to Colby Calais. Who's couple origin story is whose. We'll get into how we met our spouses on the next GMA. Plus, for the first time ever, it's the new Yelp Review Match Game. We read a review and you match it to the right Yelp listing. All right, here we go. Made me throw up in my mouth on the first try. Gas station sushi? Oh no, it's our show. Oh. (laughs) Well, that backfired. Drop the subject. 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Pacific. 1 to 4 Eastern on Channel Q.